0: Before we get into today's episode of A Waste Time with It's The Real, Jeff, I wanted to remind people what we used to call ourselves when we were doing our sketches every week like 10 years ago. The real. No, we called ourselves two idiots and a camera. Well, with a camera, yeah. But let's scratch that. Okay. Let's call ourselves two dopes because everything that we do is too dope. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. Including... Our brand new t-shirts that are available right now at itsthereal.com slash shop. Go get your t-shirts today,
1: including our AKA t-shirt. Yo,
0: those are so, so dope. And they're moving fast. So, so dope dope? They're moving very fast. We're almost out of them, guys. But if you are medium, a large, an extra large, a small, guys, we fit you. Go get these well-designed, well-fitting, well-feeling t-shirts available right now. Yeah, we got a few AKA t-shirts, we got a few LA Lakers t-shirts, and we got a few Rockefeller t-shirts, all on sale, it's it's the real real. Dot com slash shop. shop. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. For a third anniversary episode of A Wasted Time with It's The Real, I think that it's only right that we get somebody who we have been just trying for three years to get, Swiss Beats.
1: Oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say, like... AJ Calloway,
0: well, or there's that. Bill Bellamy, him too, or Ben Kicks, uh, all all these people, but Swiss Beats was up there as well. We have this whiteboard with all these names written out. We went to Juce Palooza this Saturday, and you got an email.
1: I got an email from Mo, who is Swiss's assistant, who said, hey, this is a long shot, but would we be able to make it happen after the concert?
0: Right. He's not in the studio.
1: He's not at home.
0: He's available. He's in
1: the city. What do you think? I thought, absolutely, yes. Like, I will uh, I will cancel my plans to be seeing Swizz to actually <laughs> hang out with Swizz. And so I went home, and you say to the concert, yep. I went to go do research and uh, and also like, clean up the apartment and stuff. And so I came home and, uh,
0: and just waited. Swizz was... Killing this stage at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Shout out to all of our friends over at Duce Palooza. There's too many of them to name, but you know who you are. There's honestly too many people to name. Humble Beginnings, and they just sold out a 3,500-person room. And that venue's too small now. It's just insane. Anyway, Swiss killed the stage and made his way up here immediately. So I went downstairs to go meet them in the lobby, and I was talking to Mo, and Mo said, you know why this podcast happened now? And I said, I, I don't know. And she said, because I saw that Marsha St. Hubert, who Mo actually went to high school with, posted a picture with Jeff and myself from the podcast that we did with Marsha a couple weeks back and said, you know what? When I saw that picture, something was in the air. I thought, let's make this happen. And that, my friends is too dope.
1: That is how you get Swizz Beats on the podcast. That's it. Yeah.
0: That's it. But I do want to say this. It's three years of this podcast that's every week and then some because if you think about it, those Decembers that we did are 12 episodes each, and then there were some weeks in February last year where we did a whole bunch of episodes, and we're almost up to 200 episodes. We're three years in, and this is something a lot of you know out there, we weren't looking to do either.
1: No. We uh, we had already done a podcast back in like 2010 for
0: 52 weeks, 52 episodes. We sold a TV show. We've put on live shows. Yeah, but we
1: were over the podcast We thing. just
0: weren't into it. And someone said, this is an opportunity for you guys to keep your name out there. And it's so important to note that, and I know it's cliche, but none of this happens without you guys out there listening, without you guys spreading the word, and especially those people who sit in the chair in between us and sometimes two chairs in between us, the guests that we have on. And I don't know about you, Jeff, but... I think that we've gone above and beyond where we ever thought we could take something that we were doing out of our kitchen.
1: It's crazy the people that we've had over to our apartment. Um, Like I mean, like you know, it's hard to get rappers or artists or personalities or anybody to do anything, right? (laughs) And then to have everybody come up to the Upper West Side, which is not the coolest area in town. Uh,
0: There, there was one publicist out there who said that this would never happen. We've had some
1: amazing personalities up here. I think that we've uh, we've traveled a lot for it, and I think that. What's really been gratifying has been the the people who enjoy these conversations and want to hear more.
0: Yeah, and for us, what's really cool is that no matter whether it's a Swiss Beats or somebody you've never heard of, it's an opportunity for you guys to hear genuine, funny, and honest stories. And well, What's
1: an underrated episode that you want people to
0: listen to? Um, well, that's a good question. An underrated episode might be the Mike Posner one. -hmm. The DJ K Slay one. Mm -hmm. The Scotty Beam one. That's a really good one. The
1: Rich Kleiman one. I'm going to go with, I always say DJ Bobby Trends. It's a great one. Uh, I would say Jamal Jamo. Mm
0: -hmm. Excellent one.
1: Alex Chichamaro.
0: Also an excellent one. The Marshall St. Hubert one. Go listen to that one, guys. It got us the Swiss Beats interview. Who would have thought?
1: Oh, and also uh, Brocky Marciano and also Sycamore. There's
0: so many. The The, the Rockefeller one. Yeah. The The Shari Bryant isn't one. Isn't it
1: crazy that the Rockefeller one isn't top 10 in the in the actual numbers? Yeah.
0: We, I, I Just real quick. We did go over the top 10 on Twitter. The number 10 most popular podcast in our three years so far. Drrr. Mac Miller. Drrr. Bing. Followed by Maul from the Joe Budden podcast. Big Baby Drum, Mm -hmm. great episode. That's number eight. Styles P, Mm -hmm. Cardi B, Mm -hmm. Man's Not Hot, a.k.a. Big Shaq, a.k.a. Michael Dappa.
1: Which is a monster, just keeps going. It's a
0: great episode. Nadeska Alexis, Mm -hmm. a lot of people love Nadeska. That's number four. We love Nadeska. We saw her uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Isaiah Rashad is number three. People love TDE artists. Shout out to them. Number two is Rory from the Joe Budden Podcast. And number one... By a mile. ...is DJ Clark Kent, our guy. God's favorite DJ. And then we got some uh, we got some cool ones coming up. We do. But this one here is with Swiss Beats. Swiss came up here, gave us an hour and a half of his time. By the way, his whole team stayed outside in the hallway, which is unheard of. This was like... No one was here to stop Swiss from saying anything. Swiss was game for... Any questions that we had. And we had some weird ones. And we're going to bring Swiss back for another episode at some point. Yeah. But the greatest thing is that Swiss in this episode said, you guys got to hear my new music. And when people say that, it's like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, we'll all hear it when it gets on the radio.
1: But instead, he was like, no, how about like right now? And we were like, oh, at two o'clock in the morning.
0: And so we went at two o'clock in the morning down to his studio. We were up there with... Kahende Wiley, who mm-hmm. painted President Obama's official portrait and whose work we had seen actually at the Brooklyn Museum 10, maybe 15 years ago, something like that. Also we were with the curator from the Brooklyn Museum. We were there with uh, Oh, Sai was Sue there. who was a painter as well.
1: But it was like, you know, just 6 people in this tiny room listening to Swiss Beats' new album which
0: sounds incredible. It does, guys. We're not going to tell you anybody who's on it. Well, because we're not allowed to. <laughs> but we promise you it is everything that Swiss says on this podcast and more. Look forward to that. Shout out to Swiss Beats. Shout out to Mo, shout out to Ken Day Wiley. Shout out to Kenny, the engineer who works down at Jungle City. Yo,
1: he was so awesome. He was
0: very awesome. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us. Throughout this whole time. Shout out to everybody who's been rocking with us for a short period of time. We Shout appreciate out to it.
1: All eight hundred people behind the scenes at Duce Palooza. And almost
0: all of them have been on the podcast, by the way. So go check out their episodes. When do you want to get into this episode?
1: Right after I we recommend three episodes I think people will like after they listen to the Swiss Beats episode. Cardo got wings when he was up here. That mm-hmm. was amazing. I would also say the locks. Mm-hmm. And I want to say MC Gin.
0: Ah, Rough Riders. Yeah. All right, Jeff, when do you want to get into this? Uh right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Hitchhiker, a.k.a. Ride or Die. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. Traveler's Checks, a.k.a. LeBron's Nikes. Showtime.
2: What's up, what's up, this is Swiss Beats, a.k.a. Goddammit, yeah!
0: <laughs> yeah, this is Waste time, with It's The Real!
2: Bra-ra-ra-ra, zone, zone, zone,
0: zone! Swiss, you are fresh off that Duce Palooza stage. Zone. We saw you kill Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. Like, 3,500 people. This isn't Henny Palooza anymore. This is Duce Palooza. Mm. It's for the culture. It, it really is for the culture. And yeah. you know that all of our friends who put that show on, yeah. they started in a basement. It was just a party where friends would bring Henny over and like party and they turned that into something where you're headlining in front of thirty five hundred, as you said, a little something before Summer Jam.
2: Yeah, that was light. That was a light warm up. <laughs> you know, I, I came to DJ, but then the, the booth was a little far for me. Yep. I had to be close to the people. Man. And um, you know, I just I'm an energy person, so you know, Mo's like, no performance. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no problem you know i'm gonna go dj i got you know i got a, i got a great set lineup but once i felt the energy of the people i just felt like i i had uh, chains on me in the booth mm. yeah
1: how pissed is mo
2: <laughs> she's she's good you know long long, long as we uh you know as long as the energy come up we yeah. good. no it was wild and for
0: us we're originally from westchester right mm. that's why we get along with the locks so well but like we grew up on you mm. and To see you perform those songs, and we've seen you at at different things. There was once there was a hotel like five year anniversary party or something like that. Yeah, the
1: W in like uh,
0: Hoboken or something. And we saw you. It was a private party. You killed that. (laughs) That was crazy. All hooks, all hooks. And tonight you just murdered everything. But like to hear that DMX stuff, to see Styles get on that stage with you, like that means the most to us because like that's our music too. You know, there's something special about that nine one four. Like I promise, you know,
2: even that year. Mm. You know, even though even that era, you know, even other things that go with that, you know, and, and like I just when I perform, I never want to really perform things that people hear every day on the radio. Yeah, you know, I want. They to used the, to hear it every day on the radio. Yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about at that particular current moment because nine times out of ten, the DJ that went on before it and played all of the now records and the things that right. Yep. And so when I come, I wanted to feel like an experience. This
0: is something that yeah. people aren't going to forget. So. Yeah. Before we get into your beginnings, uh we were at the, the home going, the home for, going for ice pick, mm-hmm. um, who we were very close with and mm-hmm. you were very close with. Mm-hmm. And we thought your speech was incredible that day. We thought, um, just the, the memories evoked from, and, and from everyone who spoke on that, that stage at the Apollo, mm-hmm. um, was incredible. Can you just tell us now it's been, it's been a little while, but can you tell us what ice pick meant to
2: you? I mean, he was, he was my bigger brother, you know, um, you know, his his son is is our, is our godson, me and my wife. Um, you know, he asked for that way before he left us. And, um, you know, it was a super sad, unbelievable loss. I still, it still doesn't feel real. It still feel like he's gonna, like, pop up at the studio or call me on the phone. Yeah. You know, pick, don't scare me like that. You know? <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. But it's just, his presence is not, I don't feel it gone. You know, it was just super infectious into... Lose somebody like that um, over a health issue is yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, somebody so young, and you know that's why. Like even m- myself, and what he told everybody was, as men, we need to get checked out. You know, stop playing cool, and and go and, and and get checked out to see if you have anything that can lead to, you know, him not being here or something else. You know, and so um, that was the biggest message, and 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 all we gotta do is keep spreading that. Yeah. know because so he he didn't leave this earth for no reason you know it's like okay well he helped you know a million people for sure that's hearing this and and beyond but uh long live ice pick yeah no kidding so talk about where you're originally from i'm from the south bronx yeah you know i lived in jackson avenue then i moved to the other side of the bronx boston road um and I kind of got deported to Atlanta. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what was growing up in, in the Bronx I mean, like at that time? It was super fun.
2: Yeah. yeah it was just fun. Maybe too much fun. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, like, see, like I, like a lot of people, I tell people I, I had a lot of... I, I, I had fun in the hood. It wasn't... You know, we didn't even know we was poor. It was just like an everyday lifestyle you live in. You know, you get some some cakes or some, you know, Ava Rex or something. It just... It just was fun. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like- Well, Where were you getting A for X? Dr. J's, mm. a bag one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, I couldn't afford it.
0: so you know, we Would didn't. you move around a lot, like go to different parts of the Bronx or- nah, not Down good. to Harlem or?
2: I would go to Harlem because my family is always in Harlem. Mm-hmm. But um, that's probably where it stopped. You know, we wasn't in Brooklyn, we wasn't in Queens. You know- we,
1: You didn't want to travel for like three hours <laughs> to get anywhere? <laughs>
2: We Just like have no reason, like yeah. everything was just yeah. happening in, in our hood, like in and around those particular areas. It wasn't. I mean, like if you go other places, you just had to be super prepared, you know. So it's just like if you went to another place, it was either to a party or for beef. You know, we ain't really. We wasn't. We it was in our hood. So, what age did you move down to Atlanta? Um, I moved down to Atlanta about fifteen, going into sixteen. That's a tough age to leave, like home. I had no choice. Okay, all right. Yeah, I had to go. It was over for me. <laughs> I got kicked out of every school in New York I went to, from Evander to Truman to 135. I mean, it wasn't from an academic level. It was just because, you know, it was more of a territorial thing, right? It's like you live on Boston Road. You got to go through the valley mm-hmm. in Section 5 to get to school. You know you're going what's going to happen. It's mm-hmm. going to jump off. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let – I wasn't going to let – let those people take advantage of me, you know, so I had to do what I had to do, and it just was getting out of hand, and my step pops um, just just figured it would the best thing to do was just to leave. It was getting real close to, to, to terrible things. And how'd you happening. take that? I hated it. I thought we was moving to the farm with cows. I didn't know about <laughs> Atlanta. Hadn't what? been there, right? No. In my mind, I'm like, we living on a farm? Yeah. So, you know, but it, it turned out to save my life up to this point, um, um, it just was a transition because even when you listen to Stop Drop, you know I got that particular sound came from Atlanta, um, mixed with New York and mixed with a little bit of reggae. Yeah, And um, cause the chants came from the Pat rallies that we used to go to and Atlanta was big on the bands and Battle of the Bands and so I was seeing those things. And so uh, when it came back to New York and the beat had to bounce you know, New York was more of a boom bap and a snap was like a bounce. Well,
0: what'd you, what'd you grow up on? Who'd you grow up on?
2: I mean, Karras, one, all of that, you yeah. know, all, all boom bap for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm a part of BDP. Mm. <laughs> you
0: know, for
1: real,
2: growing up in the Bronx, I was like, what? Your father grew up in Sedgwick, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. a cool hurt. yeah.
1: Yeah, so like, did you ever go down or over there rather?
2: I didn't hang out over there like that. You know, that was, that was like my dad's thing. They was doing their thing. It felt a little older. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really know what was going on. I knew it was hip hop going on. I know it was DJing going on, but <laughs> I was having more fun on my side. It's just like how my oldest son right now, like he 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 know what I do, but he's not in my mix like that. Right? And, you know, he's like, "Oh, my dad over there. Oh, that's crazy." And <laughs> I'm gonna do this over here. You know, so it was it wasn't. I can't say that I, we all DJ together or something mm, like mm. that. It wasn't that you right. weren't
1: like hip hop started out in the park. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I would DJ that, but. I wasn't with them DJing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well when did you start DJing? I started DJing super early. I started DJing. Fish had the turntables first. He was like the Michael Jordan of the hood, <laughs> but he could DJ his ass off. Yeah. Yeah, he was serious. And um I used to go practice with Fish and it was like pulling back and messing up his records and he'd mad. <laughs> but um
0: Would you do tricks? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like behind the back and that? All that. Yeah, oh. <laughs> of course.
2: Then when Juice came out, it was over. <laughs> yeah. it was, I was in the room twenty four seven with the goal to
0: do what, like to actually like get on the the radio to back just, somebody to play
2: clubs. I just had fun hearing music, particularly loud music. You know, like I had like these big speakers that took up my whole room. I was like my bed was like against the window, <laughs> but I had these big big Jamaican speakers. Mm. Cool Herc. Yeah. 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 And it was like too loud. I'm gonna use someone to kill me. <laughs> when she left the house, it was just- That only...
0: wasn't the reason you were sent down to Atlanta?
2: <laughs> nah. Man, yeah. <laughs> it should have been. Noise pollution. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, How'd you get down to Atlanta? Was it like a, a, a car ride?
2: A U-Haul. A U-Haul? Oh. The whole trip. The, uh, wow. Yeah. And you weren't driving, so who was? My, my step-pops and my mother. Wow,
0: taking turns. So you get down there, and are you like an alien to everybody? Like Man, you're, you're I, boom,
2: bap. I get down there, and we move into what I felt was a good neighborhood. Coming from, uh, where, I mean, Boston Road. You know, wasn't it? Wasn't like Jackson Avenue, mm-hmm. right? It was two different environments. Um, Boston Road. Uh, the way the, the the projects was look. It looked more civilized.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Look, like look more civilized, <laughs> yeah. right? But when I went to Atlanta, imagine you get to these um, this complex and it looks like um, condos and, you know, you got a balcony. It's like very civilized living. Yeah, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, your room is a little bigger than it was. Feel like you're living a little bit. And at nighttime, I go outside and I see all these gangbangers, Bloods, Crips. I'm walking to the store. I'm like, oh, this is different. And it was, you know, we moved to Lake Point, and that was like, yeah, it was Showtime over there, <laughs> you know. But I got, you know, I got along with everybody quick. Yeah, you know, I had to definitely uh, step my game up and, and, and handle my handle myself a certain way. Uh, and I just made them respect me. You know, I just, you know, people know what they can get away with and. Who they could play around with, and then being particularly from New York, I didn't. I I, I came in with a negative, you know, because they wasn't really vibing with New Yorkers, definitely at that time for sure. This is right before Goody Mob. This is right before ATL, and this is right before. This is you know Pastor Troy, mm-hmm. you know it was more like UGK, you know it was more you know Scarface. It was like those vibes when I was there, you know. Um, Bone, when that first came out, Mr. Ouija. I just remember all those. See, and that's something about music. Like, you see how I was able to name those songs for that particular time?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, want, I want, we got to figure out a way that that can come back because, you know, music is a part of experiences and we're losing that because people are not taking the craft serious. You know, and like with my record, um, I could easily. I could easily um, just go in and and just put the points on the board and just feel like I'm fresh in the seed, right? But um, I feel that out of all these years and out of 580 songs and a couple of hundred million, 360 million, whatever sold, and for me to come back and after 10 years of putting out a record to like get a cool factor, I think it just messes up the whole legacy. Yeah you know not that what i'm doing is not cool right. yeah but i you know people just doing extra things that you know why they doing it you know what i'm saying they doing it like to just get the instant credit and the cool factor rather than like continue build, building a legacy
1: yeah i do things for the instagram like <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: everybody got the everybody got their thing yeah you know but you can you can kill what you've done before by like a couple of stupid moves yeah mm. Right and so like I don't want to do that to my story. Mm. I- I'm willing to take the risk. Yeah, like those two songs that I play on the stage. I are like seven in the morning. My album sounds nothing like those records. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I still gotta want to have fun and still want to do me. But there is a focal point, you know, with the album Poison, Poison, Poison. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. and and y- y'all, I got a song in there that y'all gonna just jump off the roof. I I, I believe <laughs> I'll tell it. Tell you that right
0: now. <laughs> well, let me ask you something real quick about music today. Because, you know, now streaming is everything, right? Catalogs, everything. But there's people who put out long albums. We all know who puts out long albums, right? And yeah. and they do it for for the streams. And they do it regularly. And pe- a lot of people put out... Pro- Remember when it was a big thing when X put out two albums in one year? And they both went number one? Like, that
2: was huge. And those are real numbers, too. Real, right, yeah. yeah. Real numbers. Real numbers. It wasn't up in the air you can't touch it no that no, was like no. yeah, yeah physical numbers <laughs> cds in your hand and yeah. the cash is in the bank yeah those yeah. were sam goody dollars that's right yeah
3: but, but he's got it but
0: today <laughs> but today people are putting music out every other day mm-hmm. and it feels I, like when you talk about you think about all that music from high school and that brings you back when you hear it i'm sure like mm-hmm. into that same frame of mind that same feeling when you were playing those songs tonight, I, I remember like being on the school bus and like the bus driver played those songs. Like we, like, we know all that. Like, but that's a moment, oh, the, right. He's a dollar fan. No, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> the
2: bus driver playing those. Yeah, man. no. We had a yeah. we had a
1: real bus driver. Yeah, like. I remember hearing down bottom. Oh my god. Yeah, which is crazy. From
0: your
2: bus
1: driver.
3: Bus yeah.
2: driver. I need man. True
0: story. I know. Yeah. Yo, also, by the way, so (laughs) X would get pulled up. We're from Harrison, right? Mm. There was a model toy store that X would stop by to go get the... I know exactly what you're talking about. I was talking to Mo about it, right? Yeah. And she's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. But yeah,
1: DMX would get pulled over and he would go to court and the courthouse was right across the street from the model toy store. So he
0: would go over there. So yeah, get pulled over on the hutch. Go to court, go over to the, the toy store. But
1: all of our classmates would go over there and like go and see TMX. And he
0: would buy them slices of pizza, because like,
2: what a guy, right? Yep. X is the best. Yes. I'm telling, like I tell people that all the time. Like, I watch him, he's the most generous person I know. You know, I remember uh, what like a year ago, less than a year ago, we went we went out and he paid for the entire restaurant to eat. Didn't care what color, what this, what that. He was just like my vibe is telling me to pay for everybody's food tonight. I said, "Well, that's generous as hell." <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know,
2: I was like, "That's a lot of people in here." It's like, <laughs> he just did a show. You know, he got responsibilities and things he need to do, but his focus was to feed all of those people yeah. in this restaurant that was around us. And I was like, I, "Let him do what he do." Yeah, you know, that's that's not that's, only
0: generous. Uh, we get the feeling we never met him in real life, but but the most genuine of people. Big time. In terms of, of music having resonance, mm-hmm. do you feel like because people put out so much music, there's not a chance for them to really live with something and and let it define that period of their life? Um,
2: you know, I think it's, I think it's fulfilling uh, this generation at this particular time in their life because it's not looked at as um, probably the way it used to be looked at. You know, like to, to, to get on certain levels, at the time when I started, you had to, it was like graduating, right? You had to really be lyrical, really be musical, really be stylish. Now you can create who you wanna be online, mm. right? And then you can bring that character to life. <laughs> and then people um, can start to like that character but don't really have the due diligence on that character, don't really have the understanding of that character. Mm-hmm. They're just having fun with the characters, right? Right, and it's not really a tangible thing. It's really like that character is almost a hologram or something mm-hmm. that they're entertaining as a channel rather than a, a, a sonic understanding, right? Which is the reason why Jake Cole will come out and do what he do, Kendrick come out, do what he So, quality is something that's never gonna go away. You know, but people found out how to hustle musically, technology-wise, and this is the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not mad at it, um, because people gotta feed their families, wherever they rapping, how they wanna rap, you know, those people could've been criminals. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can tell that a lot of people, Definitely the likelihood of being criminal just by how they carry themselves. And this might have saved their life or gave them a new direction. So I support that. But, I, but it's also my job to um, fix what I don't like mm-hmm. or add what's missing. Right. Right. As a responsibility instead of like trying to just ride a wave and, and play around when, you know, music is really something that the culture should really hold to high standards because it saved everybody. You know, like, what would all of these great people be without music? Yeah. All of them, right? So it's that serious. What would Hove be without music? Oh my God. What would X, A, K, B? Like, what would everybody, if it was no music. What would those exact people be? Serious. That's real. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So I just think that. Um, By the
0: way, none of the people you mentioned are holograms. Like, those are all like. real deal
2: yeah and and you know what's crazy um it's uh, most of these artists that come off a certain type of way that seem like it's not right are really talented but they're pump faking for the zone
1: well aren't they like they're taking lessons learned from everybody beforehand and then they're just like applying it to now which is that everything just moves so much quicker and that you don't need to have anything more than just like a very uh easily digestible personality
2: man i don't think that they're even comparing it to anything before now
1: people are comparing Takashi to 50 cent
2: um that's on that's not on a musical level that's on an energy level right right it's two different things right you know but what's what's going on in What happened is really the generation before this fault. Because we got Hollywood. Everybody went to the Hamptons. Everybody went to Saint tropez Everybody just balled out of control and left this generation figuring it out. And then the technology caught up and then they figured out a new community within there. And, you know, they discovered new fans. They discovered people that felt like them. And the generation before Separated themselves so far from reality that nobody felt like they would have a chance because it was too big. It's like, all right, your billion dollar boat and your billion dollar car, and you know, and everybody just wanted to just have something relatable that they can look at and feel cool and not feel so odd if you know if they wear a not so cool shirt that day or this and that. And that's why I like dressing, um, you know. the the style everything like people don't really dress up like that Mm -hmm. you know before you know you couldn't like you had to be fresh yeah you know my son like his whole movement and all the you know all his artists that he work with they don't care about clothes like that but it'd be like a name brand here a name brand there and they'll wear the same thing for like two weeks straight i never knew how to do that (laughs) i'm like what is is this a (laughs) uniform but it's, it's more it's more relatable, and that's why Cardi B could do what she's doing because like we we put things so high sometimes that people just want somebody that they can relate to. Yeah, you know, like forget the imagination. Like what she just did, I do that every day. What she just said, I feel that every day. Mm-hmm. How she just looked, I wake up like that every day. Right? Yeah. That's people want the reality too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just all different ways I look at it.
0: So, what was your reality like in high school down in Atlanta?
2: Um, you know, I, I was turning up. Yeah. you know, I was turning up big time because, um, you know, like, I don't mind talking about my negative things because they were all lessons, right? And so, it, but you know, they was it was highly gang <clears throat> populated. You know, the Crips, Bloods, folks, vice lords, GDS, all these different things, and. I was a rough rider, you know, I'm like, my family's my gang, you know, which is not technically a gang, it's a movement <clears throat> and so, um, you know, then there was a lot of people in in New York that was like making New Yorkers look bad because they was born you know probably in Syracuse, no disrespect to Syracuse, but acting like they from Brooklyn and haven't been to New York since they was five years old, yeah, holding the torch for New Yorkers out there, so I was like, oh, okay. This is why the people in Atlanta are not respecting us because these guys over here mobbing like they from New York and haven't been back to New York since five, six years old. Right. Right? You know, and then um started separating, you know, the real guys from the fake guys and then I had my little team. And then um, you know, we we, we, we had to set some tones straight and then um then I, I started just getting back to the music. I got back to Doing my mixtapes and I, and it all changed with this party that I did in Southlands, and I played music from everywhere. Like in, in Atlanta, you would go in and just be like six and nine boys, <laughs> Doodle Brown. It, it was like that, and then I went there and played reggae music, played West Coast music, East Coast music, South music, and then everybody because you know Atlanta's the mountain pot, so all those people were there. I knew all those people. Yeah. And so it was the first time that everybody truly celebrated together and I became like a big DJ.
0: Was this a college crowd there? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was like a college and high school crowd. Mm -hmm. I was in high school, so I brought the high school crowd too. And then um, I started DJing at Flavors. What was your DJ name back then? DJ Swiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was fun. You know, it was fun. so then I got the call from my Aunt Siobhan, you know, saying, look, you know, you're the only one in the family doing music. Your uncles and I'm about to start this label called Rough Riders. You know, they got this artist named DMX. You should come up for the summer and see what it's about. And I'm like, Come up for the summer. You know how much money I'm making out here? I'm, like, I'm DJing everything at this point.
0: <laughs> These farms yeah. are good down here. Yeah, yeah. These yeah. are good farms.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man. And, you know, because then I, I started DJing all the proms. Like, it was, I was super busy. You. Were known. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It, it was. It would was. They,
0: what would they? Would they? Did you have a cell phone? Would they call your house? How'd they like get in touch with you?
2: Cool. To brother. book you. To book me. Yeah. I mean, we have Booking phones. in bio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have phones. They they can get to us. <laughs> we you know. They knew how to find it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was, it was you, good.
0: So you were you were reluctant to come back up here.
2: Yeah, I was, and and when I came up here, I damn near didn't go back, and you know, I had to go back to finish school, but. Um, it was on immediately.
0: Well, what was the vibe you had? Did you know DMX beforehand?
2: I seen him mm. um, with my uncle Y, and we kicked it, but it wasn't like on like it was always like on. The, oh, this is DMX, but it was like that. And I used to remember Y used to play the Warlock tapes and Superior, um, and Superior did all the all the mixtapes for DMX, and so we be being this vintage Nissan Z, <laughs> and he had the Cherokee. And then he would just play them all day, and it was fire. I remember all those songs still.
0: What was it like the first time you got in the studio with him?
2: Um, you know, my 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 beginning with with my family as a producer didn't start off as easy as people think because you got to remember I'm the I'm a DJ so I was DJing for DMX before producing for him. Hmm. You know, so we would do shows and I would DJ because that's what I did. Yeah. But once I transitioned into producing. Um, People, with my team wasn't really taking me serious like that. I could say Sheik was the only one, like encouraging me and, and at that particular time to, to take it serious. Hmm. And um, I used to just send them all these beats and just doing all these different things. And um, I started producing outside, so like man from TV, that I didn't have no rough rider tracks so out, tear the roof off, yeah. um, you know all those flip mode, the reaps, like all those different underground vibes. I was I was doing you know Cameron's album. At that time, glory with Noriega, yes. Shanghai, all those different things. That's before stop drop. Well, you what know?
1: did it mean to get your first placement? And how did that even happen?
2: Um, I was in I was in New York, and then um, you know, people. I just was moving around, you know, like Mark Pitts. You know, he had stop drop first. Yeah, he had stop drop first. So
0: who, who could have <laughs> had it?
2: The the, the the re uh, the reaps could have had it. It was like a group from from my hood that he had, and and Tracy Lee came out of that. Wow! Right, so it was going to be their song, and I, I think he wanted to pay me like three thousand, and I wanted like six. <laughs> 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 you know, and then, um, and then it became what what guy wanted it to become, yeah. you know. Um.
0: I saw a video that Genius did the other day with Dame Grease, right? Oh, and, heard. yeah. And he was talking about um, how DMX, especially, like when he's not performing rap, he's listening to disco stuff, and you get like that sort of like disco feel, disco feel, yeah, um, in his music. Mm. Did you did you find that to be the case? The disco feeling in his music in in DMX in the way that he would rap. Well, X light
2: up tempos and he you know he used to freestyle to all those and you know he listened to all that type of music so I'm sure that the influence um is there somewhere you Mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. I play only old school yeah in his car you know good (laughs) times all the stuff you know he's, he's a real soulful guy yeah yeah
0: what was your relationship with your uncles like because now you're not just their nephew you're you're a producer yeah you're part of the business yeah
2: yeah I mean it was cool
0: did they did they take you serious
2: they had to, <laughs> you know. They had. To. I, I took myself serious. I, I, I would, I would work harder than everybody. I would sleep on the floor, have blisters on my shoulder, elbows, face from sleeping on the floor in the studio. Not partying, not messing with chicks, not in the streets. I was living in the studio at Rough Rider Studio. Yeah, yeah. Doing what I did every day to the point that you know the producers that we had used to unplug and change up different things just so I wouldn't make music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I used to go that hard. Um but I just was in the zone to perfecting my craft. Yeah. You know, like when I gave a beat a uh, cassette to somebody, you know, like I did to Jay um on his on on Hard Knock Life, it was like fifty, sixty beats on it. Psh, you know, I didn't know how to um uh, give Edit. anything less. <laughs> no, I just felt like Something you are gonna pick something, you know. And I would if I if I put fifty or sixty beats on it on a cassette, that means I probably erase like a hundred. Man, and I never keep anything I don't like, right? So, um so
0: you love those fifty or sixty beats?
1: Yeah. How long did it take you at that point to come up with a beat?
2: I used to make about fifty a day, maybe maybe fifty sixty a day, and probably keep like seven to ten. Man, you know, and just. It's just a zone. Like once you got a zone, you just go. Yeah, you just go, you know what you wanna do. And I was producing so many so many artists. Like we had Eve, we had The Locks, we had Drag, we had X, we had, you know, Parlay, we had all these artists and I was in charge of those albums. You know, so I couldn't sleep anyway. (laughs) You know, then we had the compilation. Yeah. Right. So
0: who'd you, who'd you give the tape to? Did you give it to Jared? Did you give it to like Hop no, or Lenny? No, I gave it to Jay Direct, mm.
2: and he just took the whole tape, and that's, you know, If I Should Die on there, Coming to Age 2. Um, I think Jigger was on there. Um, All of those tracks that, you know, because at that particular time, Jay was at an interesting crossroad, you know, when he just came out with the Black Street record, and, mm-hmm. you know, the car was getting a little too shiny <laughs> you
3: know what i'm saying yeah. naturally i yeah. mean
2: you know you just going and you just trying to have the biggest uh career possible and you know you got labels and everybody giving you direction of yo we got to keep going bigger and i think he hit a particular point and that's why um when we met each other it was like a an amazing time because you know we both needed each other mm-hmm. right and so you know all from that time, all the way up to on to the next one Grammy. I mean, it's been great. Did
0: you listen to the radio at that point? Hell yeah! Oh, I don't not like, Some people don't want to be like influenced by like a certain sound or anything. Like you had your own sound.
2: Yeah, but I always, listen, I always listen to the radio. Mm. It just let me know what to go against. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, what's on what, if it's on the radio, I can't do it. Yeah.
0: Would you go to one twenty seventh and seventh? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was watching. An interview you did,
1: mm. like real early on, like mm. 1998 or so at the tunnel. Wow, I want to see that. Yeah, I mean, we can. I can show you. It's on YouTube. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> so, Send me the clip. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it wasn't just me like being like, oh, I really, I, I really dig uh, Doug hit D-. Bobby trends. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so in that interview, mm-hmm. and this is early, mm-hmm. you said that Michael Jackson's team had reached out to you, mm-hmm. and that you weren't sure if you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about that. And I also have some other Michael Jackson questions, but mm-hmm. but let's start with that.
2: Well, what year was that again? That was 1998. See, I was, I was still in soldier mode at that time, right? I, I, I haven't really graduated out of um, the mentality of what I was surrounded by. So, you know, Michael Jackson is, is super big. But, like, it's just like I produced Limb Keep Rolling. You know, I wrote the record, produced it, didn't show up to the video. You know, it was in the Twin Towers, the whole thing. And the reason why I wouldn't do those things because I just really felt like it was too crossed over for me. Even though I was producing, you know, rock and scoring movies and different things like that, I wanted my brand identity to be um, what my family started, right? So, me going over and doing Michael Jackson. I thought it was big but I just didn't know what I can do for him at that particular time. Hmm. You know, and then later, um, way, 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 way later, um, uh, you know, right actually right before he passed, you know, we had a good vibe going and we was gonna start things up and I really felt ready at that time. Wow. And um
1: Well you were gonna executive his tour.
2: Yeah. 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 And it was just you know, I had a, I had a, a jet company at that time. So when he first flew um to London to make the announcement, like I booked the plane. Whoa! You know what I'm saying? And I was we was in the middle of working something out, buying a plane for him, and you know we was it was we was real close. Like, yeah. You know I'm, I'm at his house and he got the Thriller plaque on the floor. I'm looking like <laughs> I'm like man. I'm like the Thriller plaque on the floor. Oh, that's nothing. You know. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and you know, it's crazy. Cause I was going to ask for it. I'm like, well, can I get that? Yeah. And I know he would have said yes. The moment was right, but then I was like, you know what? Let me just enjoy the vibe. Wow. I ask for it next time, and it wasn't the next time. Wow. It's crazy, and he was like, he had. A, I met my boy's His kids like a magic set. Boy gets for his kids. But one thing I do remember is his chef. She cooked the best lobster I ever tasted in my <laughs> life. Like God damn! Like I remember that lobster so much, it was unbelievable. Because you know he had a crush on on Alicia. Right, so I thought it was cool to introduce them together, <laughs> right? Because Janet, like you know, Michael got a crush on Alicia. It's like, oh word! <laughs> and so I just thought it was fly. I thought it was cute to like let them meet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just because, <laughs> but it was cool, man. I need to find those pictures. Did I even? I don't even think I fanned out because you know when it's so big, yeah, you know, that you like. I'm gonna just be on my best behavior, right? I might have took. I, I think we might have took those pictures. I gotta find that.
1: But it's also like a different time too, right? Like not everybody had their photographers with them at all. Times. Yeah, it wasn't that <laughs> time. Yeah. It wasn't like no five D's following you. It yeah, wasn't yeah. the selfie oh, time
2: that? for sure. No. Nah. But-
1: um wait, even before we move on from Michael Jackson stuff. So I've, I found another quote mm-hmm. from M T V dot com. You were talking to Shaheem Reed, and this is when you were putting together your uh your LP, uh, ghetto stories. Mm. Damn. And you said That you were trying to do some stuff with Michael. Um, He was going to maybe do some stuff for your album. You were going to do three songs for his. Mm -hmm. And you said this is your quote. Actually, I want you to read it. (laughs) You read it.
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) It just sounds more real coming from you. Um, You said, he's singing the hook and doing ad-libs. I got him on some gangsta shit. I want him to be like he was from the ghetto. We're making him get braids. I bought him some Tims. He was like, these are so heavy. How do you guys walk in them?
2: It sounded like I was talking shit. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, the song, um, I know exactly the song was hard. Floetry wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Um, the lead singer from Floetry wrote the song. Marsha? Yeah. Yeah. And the beat was hard in the song. I got to find, I think they might have used it as something, but something happened um, at the end. I forgot what it was. It was something, um, I think it was like a management change. Something happened and he like kind of went off the radar and then um but it was like very 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 close yeah. it was very close like mm. the song is fire too and we and, and Michael did want braids and Michael did want tims like and Michael was hood yeah. already I didn't have to make him hood Gary Indiana yeah. right you seen him you know he was in the favelas he's with the crips like that's really him that's not like a play around thing like he wasn't scared like that
0: well when you met him was that level of celebrity like just like, you know, steps above everybody else? Yeah, I
2: mean, <laughs> you know, when him and Rodney used to work, when we was in Sony, I used to be downstairs doing Jay stuff, rough stuff, and then Michael was upstairs, and I remember coming in the room, and it was like Toys R Us in there. <laughs> I'm like, this is like a movie set, what the hell y'all doing in here? <laughs> you know, and it just, cre- Michael was the first room that I seen that had a created, like, vibe, Yeah, and then I just wanted to start you know, putting strobe lights, smoke, <laughs> posters on the wall, the people that inspired. Like wow. I think when, when when Michael did that, I was like, it just changed the whole vibe of how I worked in the studio.
0: Um, I just remembered I don't remember how many times, but I when when I was waiting for your first album to come out, mm. I went to Borders Bookstore in White Plains. Mm-hmm. Over every week every week because i was like it got pushed back or something right mm-hmm. i was checking every week i was like no it's got to be here it's got to be here and and when it came out it's there's some songs that we still have on mp3 that are just mm. like hard that little kim song is hard the shine song
2: mm-hmm. is hard that's right before he got locked up that's the last song he did Damn. crazy
0: what was your thinking when the locks came back to Rough Riders as artists, um, and they put out We Are the Streets? Like what what was your intent in terms of like the new sound that you gave them?
2: I just wanted to kill everything moving, period. Best group at that time, the music. I wanted everything to feel I wanted them to feel like they I wanted people to feel the transition from where they came from to where they at now. And that's one of my favorite albums I did. Like just it was a zone. It's a vibe. like my album is probably closest to that album. My record is probably closer to We Are the Streets. Poison. Yeah. What was the first time working with Eve like? Um, that's my sister. So I mean, I was like producing for my sister. Yeah. You know, Eve. We lived together the whole everything. Really? Yeah. I just you know the only thing is that I couldn't take it with, with she bringing the boyfriend to the crib. <laughs> I was like, man, I can't. We're not doing that. I don't. You know, and you know, I'm making it uncomfortable for them to come over here. <laughs> But Eve was like, she's she's one of the realest people I know. Yeah. Super real, still to this day. You know, she never compromised her integrity. You know, she always told tell her, tell her what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if she says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. And she stand up. Yeah. You know.
0: Can you talk about how hard you guys worked back then? Because, like, that wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just, like, anything you touched, you know, went crazy mm. for nothing. Hmm. Like, that was that was hours. That was days and...
2: I still don't sleep. I mean, I just left the studio at eight this morning. Mm.
0: You know? Yeah. It's
1: like, you're the latest interview
2: we've ever done. <laughs> and I'm going to the studio. I'm about to go to work. I got shit to do.
1: So,
0: but, um, at that time, what was the big difference between like the first Rough Riders projects and when you were, you guys were just like getting plaques on plaques on plaques.
2: I never cared about plaques and stuff. I, I used Unless to get, it was Michael
1: Jackson. That's really, so. yeah. yeah but right that was later. later.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause I always felt like I always gave my plaques away, you know? Um, I'm gonna probably order a set of like all of them. And I got like one that that my wife and and my team made for me for like uh, it's like a three hundred million one and just had all of the covers on it. It's pretty. It's like three three plaques together. Oh you see all the covers. It's pretty sick. But I always felt like a plaque like kind of represented like you you know um, it represented an accomplishment, but it almost felt like you don't have no more work to do. Hmm. Right, so I didn't want to see no plaques. I wanted to like, okay, that's so, oh yeah, so, you know, um, I was more focused on just going. Yeah, I didn't want to feel like I won. I wanted to feel like I didn't make it yet. Well,
1: I do st- you feel the same way about awards?
2: I'm just now getting comfortable with, with accepting them. Look, I had, I didn't accept on to the next one for eight years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, who does that? Right. It's a Grammy. Yeah, you go pick that up. <laughs> I guess. I guess Will Smith and Jazzy
0: Jeff. But besides yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the What was the keyboard that you used at the very beginning of Triton? Yeah,
2: no, I used the um, the Roland M one. I think it's the M one or the M seven, M one, some M something. Mm. And then I went to the, to the Roland the Triton. And they started getting fancy with the touch screens. But I would use anything. But any, you were making. Anything with sounds, I would use.
0: If you were making like a million beats a day, do you think that you like got everything you could get out of those keyboards?
2: I banged the hell out of them <laughs> keyboards. It wasn't the sound that y'all didn't hear from them keyboards. Because <laughs> I you know, for some reason, I, I wasn't really into sound modules earlier. I just wanted to just feel everything. I wasn't technical like that. You know, like I never used SEMTI, I never used MIDI. Mm. Everything you you heard on a track, I would sample in to myself out of that 8, 12, 13 seconds, right? I would play, like, real fast just to get more of the sample in there. Mm. Sorry for banging on the table, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then it would come out what it was. And so, um, yeah, I, I abused those keyboards. Are
1: you more technical now?
2: Yeah, I mean, um.
1: Or is that just like the nature of doing this for so long?
2: No, you have to evolve. Yeah. You know, but I always go back to my MP, but I have to learn, mm-hmm. I have to know how to use Ableton. I have to know how to use, you know, all the different programs out there if I just want to just stay advanced in my craft. And if I want to turn up on those things, I can, you know. So, you know, with me and Timberland, when I, you know, when we started doing our thing, I looked at everything he had and I learned everything just because, you know, it's like, you never know when we want to go to war. Mm. <laughs> yeah. better, you better know how to use those weapons. Yeah. That's a big guy. <laughs> That's not no slouch. No.
0: When you were at the height of Rough Riders, mm. when you're putting out, you know, the Ride or Die Volume One, Volume Two, Down Bottom Drag is just like on fire. How'd you get that jubilee? verse?
2: Was, it was cool. <laughs> you know, we did the Rough Rider Cash Money tour, and mm. you know, we—I was always—I was. Always, I was you know the Atlanta thing made me want to connect more with the South, and you know that's why when I did um, World War Three, mm-hmm. you know you got all the features on there. You got Snoop, Scarface, you know it's just uh, those collaborations. I always wanted to feel like not just New York, yeah, but still maintaining New York. But I wanted people to know that you know like I'm a broad thinker. You know now more global than ever, but I always wanted to touch other things. Yeah. You know,
0: and well, even your first single from from your album was Sonic
1: yeah. well. But you had songs with like Metallica and Ja Rule. Mm-hmm. Like you were just like.
2: I was going crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had too much money at that time too. I was just like, imagine Metallica. And I remember going to San Francisco and it was like on this army base that was like deserted. It was so ill and the studio was in there and, you know, Lars and all of the guys and to be at that point at that time in my life, it just felt different. You know, it's like, hey, this guy that's from the Bronx doing Rough Riders. I'm in there with Metallica, you know, and Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, all these different vibes, and it just felt it felt like I I made it. You know, yeah.
0: In the late '90s, early 2000s, how seriously did you guys you like you personally had a great relationship with with Jay and all them at Rockefeller? Mm-hmm. But as a label, was it just like, yo? We got to beat Rockefeller. We got to beat Murder Inc.
2: We wanted to beat everybody. Yeah. It was it was, it, and that's what made um, you know, that's what made it a little uncomfortable for me, you know. But it opened up an opportunity for Jess, mm-hmm. right? Because he was the Swiss coming in at that particular time. Because it started getting a little territorial. Yeah. You know, it's like. I'm feeling like yo, we ain't, I said I played that beat. And it's like, yo, I need that and it's just like I was like, man, fuck it. Let me just be over here and wave my flag. But me and Jay always um sorry for cursing y'all. No. Is man. this PG or what is this? No,
1: yeah. No. Oh no, we're gonna have no. a real Dickens of a time bleeping <laughs> out all of your curses. I'm
3: sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 we curse I'm you. sorry, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, uh um, Would you
0: go down to baseline?
2: Yeah, I was always in baseline. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Stealing sounds. <laughs>
2: I never wanted anyone's sounds. I hate other people's sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Hm.
0: What'd you think of people
1: who I tried got kicked to I got yours? kicked
2: out of baseline. <laughs> you got kicked out of baseline? I got kicked out of baseline. I i I can't talk about why, but I used to I got kicked out of baseline. I got kicked out of the studio in LA. I used to be real crazy in these studios. The engine well. <laughs> engineers was going down. <laughs> you got, you know it's bad when the engineer's wife calling <laughs> you Please send my husband home. <laughs> Man.
0: Well, when did you buy um, Jungle City?
2: Shoot, that's about like eight, nine years now. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't no buildings, no Highline, no ZID, no, high no, no. no. Yeah, It was all like clubs. That's a nice almost. property now, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and Apple is, is out of there, right? We love them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're good tenants. Yeah. They pay their rent on time. Above time. Yeah. <laughs> Triple
2: time. Let's get it.
0: What one song did you sit in your car and wait for Flex to like drop a million bombs on? All
2: of my joints.
3: Yeah.
2: It was like a ritual. You know, it's like you, you, you this yo, the song's going out, and you yeah. just listen for the earthquakes to happen and the bombs <laughs> and jump off. And that was like, to me, it still is. Even with the change of the time, it still feels. You still feel something when Flex make a movie on the record mm-hmm. for me i still look for that yeah you know a lot of people could shy away from it no it still means something yeah and it just it was like it was like the song made it you know if flex ain't go crazy on it, it's like <laughs> damn
1: are there any other touchstones like that for you like any other people who you're just like oh like i need them to fuck with it
2: i need everybody to fuck with <laughs> <it>. well- <laughs> especially to, for me it was always the clubs mm-hmm. right like what I did tonight, even though like those records wasn't mixed, and the crowd setting wasn't how I, I needed like how, like how I broke, bring them out, mm-hmm. how I broke um, a couple of me and Jay's records, I would go to the club and like and just zone on that and get the people into it, and then, you know, that Monday, you would probably hear it with Flex or whoever, and it was like a thing. you know, so I love the crowd, you know, because they, they don't have no reason to lie to you. Right and and you you see the energy they're gonna listen for for like the first three times and then they'll start understanding it and then you'll know what you have mm. so I didn't get a chance to really demonstrate that tonight just because they've been standing there for like five hours <laughs> yeah. it was do you through in the system yeah they yeah, do yeah, say yeah. it up yeah. they like like <laughs> this room is spinning you know and so I was just in and out with it I just wanted to really hear it for my personal self yeah I was like you know let me take time to. Let me hear something right
0: quick. Uh when was the first time you met Cassidy? Um
3: at the hotel. <laughs> Six in the morning. <laughs> nah.
2: Um my pops managed um Larson the group that was signed to Rough Riders. And so I knew I knew Cassidy for years. Yeah. You know, and I can't remember the first time, but I know he was with the group when we met him and you know, he would always say witty lines and, you know, do things that he reminded me of Jada. With the mm. way he was just witty with it. And um he had a he had a look, so it was like, okay, like girls gonna like him too. He got the street vibe, he had a little attitude problem, all the things that I think that make artists artists. Yeah. You know, that presence is like it's always like a energy of commotion or this or that. That's when you know somebody's a star. Yeah. All that cool stuff now. Nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I seen that in him, and then the time came right, and we did what we did.
0: so was it always going to be him as the first artist over full at full service yeah full service with Jay right?
2: N- no, you know, I had young one mm. you know it was, I, I had too many on the roster at one time, <laughs> but um I just wanted to just start with him. Mm-hmm. He was more prepared mm-hmm. you know, and everybody else, I felt that I had to do a lot of more work to promote them.
0: Um, where were you the night that he and Freeway battled at? Standing
2: right next to him. I set the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I called Jay. <laughs> that was an epic night. And Freeway's a good guy too. Great guy. He's a good guy, uh, but that night was serious. Because Cassie wanted to battle Beanie that night. You know, He wanted to battle Beanie and then Beanie wanted him to get through his guy. <laughs> but by the time it was over, ain't nobody, no smoke. <laughs> And that's just the way it went that that <laughs> night. But um, it was fun, it, you know. It's I think it started. It started. It gave him a boost. Yep. yep. And After that, it was Cassidy time. You yeah. Know?
1: Well, what is the best? You're a guy who loves who loves a good battle. Mm-hmm. What's the best battle
2: you've seen? What kind of battle? Like rap battle?
1: Any. Dance battle? I don't know.
2: Oh, There's too many, man. There's too many because. Hmm.
1: What's one that people don't really know about?
2: I mean, the best battles we (laughs) shoot, me and DMX used to run around battle all in the Bronx (laughs) with a a 38 with a broken (laughs) pin. Just in case it got hectic. (laughs) To me, those are the best battles because we was risking our lives. Yeah. You know, we was risking our lives going to these different places, battling for a couple of hundred. Imagine losing and it's two of us, and we got to take that money and get out your hood. Right. Right? So that was, it, was a, it was an escapade every day. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, so for me, that was like the most memorable battles Man. because those are real battles, battles for your life. Battle for your lyrics and battle to get back home. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Especially if you
0: say something left.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was very disrespectful. Yeah. It was always like, it was like.
1: You still got to get out of there. Yeah, but DMX had gotten his side. No, this is true. Yeah. This <laughs> is true.
2: He definitely did. That is not a lie.
0: <laughs> things oh. that we got about us, sheesh. <laughs> um, what's the most amount of people who you would ride around with? On bikes? Mm. Oof. I, I can't count
2: that. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at the Rough Rider video. Rough stop drop video like that wasn't no extras that was all people we knew yeah every every borough crazy you know it's like it's I can't even count the bikes.
0: Did you guys realize how legendary that Rough Riders R was at the time?
2: I realized how when when
0: Balenciaga <laughs>
1: stole it.
2: I mean, we fixed that too. Yeah, you know, I seen a photo of me in Paris with, with with the CEO getting right to it. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> no games. No, but I think that um Rough Riders is currently still legendary mm-hmm. not it has or was I think still is I, just, I i think we um super underrated because you know my family's a very humble setting you know they're not in media they not they don't really talk they're very serious guys, and like a lot of people that like yell a lot get a lot of attention right they don't really yell a lot mm-hmm. right so if you look at you know all of the accolades and the different things and the you know hundreds and millions of records and hundreds of millions of dollars that was generated and the groundbreaking, you know, numbers in the tours that was going on and, you know, taking the artists like X and performing at Woodstock and I was there. You know, just zoning out. I'm mad I wasn't there but I was in the studio. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Eric was the one who started all the fires. Was, man, was
2: yeah. Burning <laughs> it down.
0: <laughs> How about when you first worked with T I? Well
2: that was crazy. I mean I knew T I for a long time, you know, living in Atlanta mm-hmm. once again. You know, um, I remember he wanted to battle Cassie. This was before like Cassie was kind of bad. battling. Like, man, I'm a battle Cassidy, man. I was like, you don't want no smoke <laughs> with him. And then you know, it, it went from battling Cassie to like just vibing, you know, and just being cool and getting to know each other. And then um, who made
0: the phone call from Atlantic?
2: Not I knew him before Atlantic. This yeah. is this is me and him bumping into each other at Doppler, whatever the studio that we was at, and. Hmm. Um, yeah because you know, I was working out there a lot. I, I had my, home, my homes were, were in Atlanta at that time, and um, I used to always just see him hanging out at the studio. You know, We just always had words, and um, then his a couple of his songs started coming out, and we would see each other, I'm like, yeah, I see you doing your thing. And then um, just we were just so cool with each other. Um, and then it came to the point where you know, we, we worked in the studio. I think it was Bring Him Out, and Bring Him Out was a record I did for Beanie because he was locked up. Wow. and then he just got out Wow. but he didn't really mess with the vibe on the record and then um, who else was having the record but I wanted the record for T.I. because I always felt he had a New York presence hmm. right he always came off like with a, he reminded me of somebody from New York but lived in Atlanta yeah, right and so I wanted and I didn't want to do like a bounce track that everybody was giving him so I was like yo he didn't want to do Bring Him Out he's like I'm gonna try it because it's you <laughs> that's it and that's how we got it And you were with
0: him when he recorded it?
2: Yeah, we was in the studio. We recorded like eight records that night, and that was the one he did not like. And that's the one at the label, Light. And it was like just trying and, you know. And what'd you think? I thought it was fire the whole time. Yeah. Because I knew what it was going to do. I knew that it was going to cross him over, you know, instead instead of just being the trap god. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about trap music. I'm talking about literally the trap Mm -hmm. at that particular time. I knew it was going to let him have some more fun. I knew it was going to open up some more financial situations for him. I knew that he was going to be able to tour, you know, a little bit different and, and just open his audience up. So I knew that was that record for him.
0: How did you get the idea to to use you know Jay's acapella?
2: I was just experimenting, having fun, you know, because I'm a DJ first, right? So taking acapellas and putting them to beats and stuff like that. That's 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 just me having fun. Yeah,
0: shout out to Fish for putting you on. You know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Saint Mary's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to call Jay and get clearance from him?
2: Um at that time I wasn't calling like the label and they, mm-hmm. they 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 dealt with all that. Yeah. yeah.
0: But you didn't give him a heads up or anything? I played like, him the record. I
2: played him the record and he liked it. That was good. Yeah. He was like,
0: oh. he was like okay. Was he aware of tip?
2: Yeah, he was aware of tip at that time mm. for sure.
1: Have you ever had like sample clearance issues though?
2: Mm. Mm mm. This whole time, not not because you look, ever have
0: to write a letter to anybody.
2: No, No <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing a letter. <laughs> I'll show up. <laughs> what we doing? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I didn't have to write a letter yet. Hopefully, I don't have to start. Yeah. Last year, we
0: were with Just Blaze at SOBs. Mm. I think at our show, right? And mm. then and then he dipped out. And the next thing you know everybody's instagram live is going crazy Mm -hmm. starting from ebros on down bobby trends Busta, yeah everybody right Mm -hmm. and you and just started this thing that took over the internet Mm -hmm. and did you understand what that was going to be did you plan it out were you just improvising how to go down
2: i was minding my business honestly (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> you know, and just you kept the door open, Justin like, a couple of things, I guess, that I said. Um, because I was in the interview and I mm. said, No, I was the Drink Champs mm. with Nori, and I said, Um, he asked me about Summer Jam with Kanye, and years back, yeah, yeah, years back. And I was like, I didn't even want to do that with Kanye because he was more artist mode, yeah, but I reached out. To other producers, but and nobody would answer me, and I reached out to Just Blaze. He said he didn't get it. You know, he <laughs> should have um, gone
1: through Juan. Yeah, but
2: my, everybody know everybody, so it's, <laughs> it's not a hard thing. You know, it was just like nah, not right now. Whatever. I don't
0: know we had to go through Mo to get you up. Greatest thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm here,
2: right? I got the message. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But for whatever it was, you know, um, whether he got it or didn't get it, I remember. Um, Why wouldn't I want to do that with him at that time? Why wouldn't I want to do it with Pharrell? Why wouldn't I want to do it with the different people that we reached out to? Because it was was gonna be a vibe. So he got upset that I said that, and went on Instagram, you know where to find me, ba, boom, 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 boom. (laughs) I was like, damn, his vibe is like a little, seem like he's serious about this. And I ignored it, and he just kept poking at it, poking at it, poking at it. And then I was like, man, I said, we did reach out, but you know what? in the battle, you'll whoop my ass. Like, I let him just have it. I was like, <laughs> just let him, just let 'em get it. I'm like, I can't like two thousand eighteen, uh, seventeen, whatever it is now, mm-hmm. have a problem with Just Blaze. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm way gone mentally on, 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 on things that I that I'm that I'm on. Mm. And so I was I, I couldn't understand. I let him win and then it was still like a vibe and then I Mo told me she was like, yo, you know, when you get back, I was like somewhere super far, like Middle East, age somewhere, and I came back and I was like, "I'm um, just want to do an interview with you." I was like, "All right, cool." I'm like, well, maybe this is what it's about. Yeah, let me give him an interview. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that was
0: for Rapture, the the Netflix yeah. series. Yeah, I was yeah.
2: like, "Let me give, let me give him an interview and just be cool," because I don't look at Just Blaze like a person I, to have a problem with. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the interview and then he gets into this story about how him and his cousin didn't like me since 2002. (laughs) I'm like, oh this is long term beef. This is like backed up beef. And I was like, okay, it was a cool story. Um, I think it was over money cash. And they had a problem with how simple that was and how it just like changed the landscape at that time. Mm -hmm. Whatever they had a problem with, they was going They wanted to beat my ass, <laughs> right? And so we talking about that. Then he get into the right. So, so we gonna do this battle. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> I keep really like. I'm not even in a battle state of mind. Seriously, I'm like focusing. I'm half in school mode. I'm yeah. like in business mode. I am no smoke mode. Yeah, which is perfect timing on his behalf. <laughs> you know, he had it like he had me sized up. You know, he caught me slipping. <laughs> And then um, he said one thing, and he said, um, "I know you're not. I know you're not scared. What are we doing?" And I was oh. like, "Oh, there we go. Yeah, fuck it." Went <laughs> on the Instagram. Just tell him what we're gonna do. Mm. And that's what people were saying, "Yo, we're gonna do this and that, that." And I said, "Just tell him what you're gonna do to me." We went straight right there. Boom, boom, bang, bang, bang. bang. I can't, I can't turn back now. So it was on a Thursday, and we just did it on a Friday. Got at, at your spot? Yeah. Who was the first person to show up at your door? Um, I think Ebro. Thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> the legendary arm. <laughs> I think Ebro was the first one to show up. But even the video just pulling up in Lambo, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. about to go up and kill Swiss. <laughs> he even told my wife he was going to do me dirty. Damn. He was on it. Like He had it figured out. He had it figured out. And I think it was fun. I had fun. It
1: was amazing. Is there anything that you wish that you played?
2: Nope. I, You know, I think it went how it was supposed to go. You know, I I just hate that we bullshit in the beginning mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool. You know, we was, it was no rules. So we was like feeling it out. And- once I was on his set, and I was pressing the buttons, and they was kind of off. I knew that it was pre-programmed vibes going on. And I was like, "Oh, he was prepared for this. Like, this is like a whole like festival set here about to play on me to get to this." And I got off his set, and that's why I was like, "Stop playing around. Let's just let's let's go." And I didn't plan my set. I just went whatever he played. I just counted it. Yeah.
1: So in the time after you and Just had your battle, or around that time, I guess, there was a whole producer's group text. We still got it. How many people are on there?
2: Too many. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it at? It's here. Did it. you name it something? They change the name every day. Let me see what <laughs> the name is. I can't keep up. To use Do it. You have to mute it. Ben muted it. No.
3: <laughs>
0: Someone's like, yo, I got a question for Swizz. see. It's one,
2: two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right now it's about like 22. Yo, how loose are you
0: with your phone number, though? Like, you want everyone on there to
2: like... See, the thing is, everybody don't know who's everybody because it's the phone number. Oh. No. <laughs> which, which which, drives me crazy sometimes. I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs>
1: How often do you participate?
2: In the beginning, I participated a lot. But Quest Love just drives the whole. (laughs) Him and Just Blaze and Biz.
1: Just talking about nerd shit? Yeah, they go crazy.
0: Yo, can you just do us a favor right now? And I don't care what the last text was. Can you just, into that group text, write LOL and send it? (laughs) (laughs) You really did it. That's so good. (laughs) <laughs> so fucking funny. What's Alicia up to? How's she doing? She doing good?
2: Yeah, she doing the voice right now. Right. Yeah. You know, uh but it's definitely music time. Yeah. You know, and she's just who she is, you know. Good. Top three, top two, maybe one. Mm. <laughs> um and And s-
0: roller skating. Yeah. The album. Yeah. Uh your son's still producing?
2: Oh yeah. All right. And my oldest is, you know, he's in his bag right now. He's more quiet. He's super stealth. Mm. You know, he got, he got ASAP. I don't want to tell his business. All right. He like, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. That's what, there's like a
1: million ASAPs. So you could yeah. be like any one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dumb and Dumber.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You were in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Tell me about uh, all of it.
2: <laughs> it was just, I was just a fan of the movie. And, you know, the original a, movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I like to have fun. Like I'm, pranks, jokes, the whole thing. I don't take everything serious. <laughs> and so that was just like my funny vibe side and I had the opportunity to do it. And Well, how did they I reach just,
1: out to you? So you are you friends with the Farrelly brothers? No, the Farley brothers didn't reach. It, it was,
2: you know, a couple of people knew I was a fan of the movie and it was like, you know, we got this Dumb and Dumb thing. And I was looking into doing a couple of things in Hollywood. I just thought it was cool. I didn't have to speak. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I was like, OK, let's just do it. It mm. was like very simple. I always wanted to be a ninja. I definitely didn't want my balls to get <laughs> taken off, though.
1: <laughs> I mean, but like, what a legacy. Yeah. Like, yeah. imagine like at the
0: Oscars.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, Jim Carrey took my balls off. I
0: yeah. Know. I love how you're so concerned with like your musical legacy, but you're like, movie legacy? Whatever. Yeah. Like, just.
2: Because that's acting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My music is my real life. So that's legacy. Like, acting is acting and then having fun and playing around. Like, that's that. Yeah. You know, it can become a legacy. You know, I plan on taking the movie side serious when I feel it. You know, um, I just did like a little small role recently. Hmm. Um, you know, people see that's a different type of role. I right. have some lines this time. Yeah. Uh, we'll Your body's see. intact. <laughs> yeah. There's no detachments <laughs> <Right>. going on. <laughs> How fulfilling
0: has teaching been for you?
2: Teaching or getting taught. Ooh, mm. That's a bar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah the kids teach you with kids no i'm saying like like because well, we're talking about nyu's program.
3: Oh, NYU? like, yeah okay that's yeah. what i'm like, I'm like yeah whoa. yeah i'm
2: like because i def- definitely wasn't teaching that hard i did the no no no, no. I, yeah, did the, nah. <laughs> I did the um i oh. did the big talk where, See, i made yeah. you sound
1: like so deep and now you're just like you know <laughs> <laughs> <Get> back. <laughs>
0: back.
2: <Yeah. laughs> i'm like whoa <laughs> i mean um the nyu experience for me was good Um, one of the most successful classes you know i was just actually up there Um, with my son, because he's looking at the school and they told me that since I was teaching him, everything went up like by 30%. And uh, it really started the program in in a positive way. I didn't know all these numbers and things until like three weeks, three, four weeks ago when I was there. And you know, to be a part of something that forward pushes education and kind of show the format of how things could be done in uh, certain curriculums and different things to make the youth actually pay attention. And get to their destination quicker, and so I'm like, I wanted to do it because I know they they would be able to relate to me today. You know, no disrespect to, you know, some of the teachers that they have. I think the experiences, grandfathered in, and the heritage is there. But like they want, they want to know what they could do tomorrow. Yeah, and and I was teaching them like that. And then what I did was, um, things that I didn't specialize in, I would bring people that did. Like we would do uh, business and radio, and I would bring like people that run radio and people that handle business with radio or music and movies. I'll bring in the, the guy that scores and the person that writes and give them like real hands-on lessons because I don't know everything, mm. right? And so that's how the class became, you know, super amazing. It was fun.
0: When you put up that roller skating video, the first one, and you <laughs> just roller skating around the house, mm-hmm. did you think that,
2: It was going to start the revolution? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I do. I did it on purpose. It's
0: super popular now. I I I did it
2: on purpose because, you know, um, what's not to like about roller skating? Right. Right. And I feel like people don't dance no more. All they do is phone shit, which is that right. song I got. It. Yeah. <laughs> it started as a shout out in the club, and, and when I do my performances or a DJ, and like you got to take people out of the phone trance. And so, like anytime I feel like it's phone heavy or it's going to get phone heavy, I hit them with that. Mm. And then people put their phones away, and the party really happens. Yeah. And they forget, and they're like, whoa, like this, I didn't even, like, I, I enjoyed the moment. You know, so those are cool. Those are cool things. But I just want people to just feel free to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and use me as an inspiration. In enjoying myself. You know, and not just keep it to myself. Cause I do that for real. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I do. I play music, old vibes, and just be just skating and. Having fun, and it, you can do that anywhere. And it don't have to be in your house. It could be.
1: No, it has to be in your house. <laughs> yeah. I have to do it in your house. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Or it could be in a Drake video. Whatever. Or it could be in Tao.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yo, <laughs> wow.
0: no, that's yeah. what you have to do for your listening party.
2: I did oh it for my, my wife's birthday. already.
0: Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, yeah, turn- but we weren't invited there. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it <laughs> do it vibe. again for your album listening. Um, I'm tired of boring listening parties. This is this has to be something different.
2: Oh, uh, my listening party is not going to be in Tao. It's going to be something seriously crazy. Well, okay. Here's what you have. I to got top. a different roller skate tile thing that we could do. Here's what you have to top. Ready?
0: Best listening party we ever went to, and you, we go to a lot of them. Right. Best listening by far was, was the Watch the Throne one. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. was at the planetarium. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, that's you're going through outer space. That that's crazy. And that was like one of the first times like they took phones away, everything, and like mm-hmm. it's all dark. It's super loud, and we're, you know, passing by Neptune or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. that
2: was crazy. I don't want to top it. I'm gonna just add to it.
0: Okay, mm, we're
1: gonna go to space. Yeah, got it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm going. My my album is called Poison. It's not. We we're gonna be very grounded.
0: Or is it poisson like the yeah,
1: oh like the, fish the fish yeah? It's close
2: to that. Poisson,
0: poisson.
1: Yeah. poisson. Yeah. <laughs> poisson. <laughs> poison, <laughs> poison,
2: Poise yeah. on. Whoa, poison sun. Right, mm. my son, like right the poise. And right? I'm with it. So it's all these different things. Now. Do we have a date yet? Uh soon. Oh, all right. That's that's, I that's, just a, good, don't wanna, that's a good date, yeah. I just don't want to commit to the date. I get it. Like, I'm No
0: listen, I don't I, don't I even, also don't want to run borders again in white planes and just like keep going back and back and back.
2: <laughs> to, to be honest, I don't care about a date. You know, like I used to care about like the dates and stuff. I don't I do I'll drop it tomorrow, like but I wanna give the team respect that's that, that's working on it with me you know, to do their job, right? yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I don't, like...
1: You don't want to just put it on SoundCloud, just be like, LinkedIn. I here. would, I don't care,
2: you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm at a particular point where I'm doing music, and a lot of people say this, but I'm really doing this for fun. Um, I've created just different, you know, verticals in my portfolio to, to move in different ways where I can do things that I want to do in music and take risks that, like, people probably can't take. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like this, album, I, I probably took all the hits off the record, mm. right? I didn't. I'm not coming with something where. And when I say that, I mean like the record that you that that people are gonna like just only focus on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like you got this big skyrocket, and then that's all people are looking at, and this whole body of work gets lost, right? Mm-hmm. Because you overdoing it. Like I'm not overdoing it. I'm giving you straight fire from A to Z, very short. And that's my message. You either like it or you don't. <laughs>
1: but do you do you look at reviews when it comes out?
2: Yeah, I'm curious. Do you hit the writers back? I would. Wow. Yeah, I'm hands on my stuff because like, it's, it's important. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm not like, oh, throw it out and don't care. Like I do care. Yeah. But I don't really care about a particular like formula or format of how. They get to the people I just want to I just wanted to get to the people
1: you know there was a time where it was like you and Jay and a few other people of a, a rarefied uh status mm-hmm. within this world uh, would keep name dropping Basquiat Basquiat was the artist for you guys, but I want people to know that there are more artists out there that are worth looking into. Can you talk about some other artists that you personally like? <laughs>
2: Too many, but I mean, like you know, for me, when you know, a lot of a lot of my peers used to laugh at me for collecting art. Twenty years, I'm like twenty years collecting. Um I just stayed with it, you know. I was actually looking for this clip. Maybe you can find it. <laughs> 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 of, I don't know if it was <laughs> Cribs or How I'm Living or one of those shows, and it was it was in my my upstate house, and I had. Um, this huge Basquiat wall collaboration called Ashes. And I had like all white on. I had the helicopter at the house. I mean, I was doing way crazy, but <laughs> um, but I just wanted to see because where I'm at in the art world now is is, is, is a totally different space. Um, but I wanted people to I wanted people to see me with braids mm-hmm. with this Basquiat wall hanging in the background. Just I just I just thought it's like super fresh. Yeah. yeah. But, um you know, as far Wait, did as you now, lose the basquiat, no, no we lost the braids <laughs> yeah, I lost the braids, but i got I got sold it you know back at back that time, I wasn't collecting legacy i was I was collecting you know someone Clive Davis coming to the crib, hmm. he know he's not dealing with somebody <laughs> that's just like doing silly things he, you know, the respect level was there, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, he got Chagall's, Monroe's, San Francis, Basquiat wall Clive. Dan, whoa, you know, we got to negotiate with him a little different, yeah, and he did, and so um. I did it for strategic reason, but now I you do it for You got that Chagall
0: money. money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, back back then that's what I was doing. Yeah. Still doing it.
0: You know what was cool? You did, uh, we went up to the Bronx a, a, a couple years ago, right? I don't know who sponsored it. You did like an art show up there. Oh, No
2: Commissions. Yeah yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was a. Uh,
2: it was right? three days, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, who performed, Ferg maybe? Yep. Um, I forget who it else was up there. MX performed. Oh, X, right. Cardi B
2: was there. Yep. right. Um, everybody was there. Remy Joe was even there at mm-hmm. that particular time. Um it was just it was just a it was just a super moment because to do that like 12 blocks from my from my crib and for people to come out and for no violence to happen at a free drink
0: in the South Bronx, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah. 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 It was super, it was super peaceful. That was amazing. And um from there we went around the world, you know, it was from Shanghai, Berlin, you know, billions and billions of impressions, millions of dollars given back. You know, even like with the Dean Collection Startup Twenty, we giving you know, twenty grants around the world right now. Wow, yeah, you know, it's been fun. You know. Um, so we were we were down in New Orleans
0: uh, last month, maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, a friend of ours was taking us around, and we went to we went to Hollygrove, we went to every ward, right, and <laughs> and we were taken to this dude B Mike's mm. studio. Do you know him? Mm, I, don't, I don't think I know. Him. He's unreal yeah and he, so
1: like he's like been co-signed by oprah and a bunch of other people but like he's basically um taken new orleans and just like created it in his image i guess I yes mean, is, is and, the way to put it and
0: you know i mean there's just so much history there and and he he has his own spin on it but
2: they gave him this humongous warehouse yeah um oh i know him yeah 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 he i just seen him like what I was out there launching the Bally Animal, okay, which you know, which is a New Orleans, yes. like well, you, the Air Force One of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you I know, brought, Law Parker. Yeah, I was yeah. just yeah.
0: So I saw the Law just got a couple of a pairs like yeah. yesterday. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I was there. We we launched that, and I met who you were talking about at my event. Be Mike. Yeah, he's that dude, and, and, and the warehouse is crazy. You know, crazy. What they doing with the artist? Crazy and all that stuff is is amazing. Most definitely. Yeah, um, I know him. Yeah, just yeah. clear that up yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know how many b mics like, <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: in your phone maybe, maybe yeah. a lot i don't know Yeah, you
2: should put them all in a group text <laughs> b mics meet, meet b mics <laughs> um <laughs> artists to look at right now nina chanel Derek adams hinde wiley um michaelene thomas um definitely cause um I'm going to stop right there I can keep going Yeah yeah. yeah. No
0: that's a good list though yeah. yeah Can we talk about something silly though Uh Did I, Now I don't know if this happened Or it was going to happen Or whatever Hmm did you really pull up at Flex's car show with a, a fire truck? Fire truck? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so we started out our career ten <laughs> years ago doing these sketches, right? Mm-hmm. Like every week, we put out an SNL type sketch just about hip hop, right? Mm. And all of a sudden, all these people, Bun called us and Cam called us, and we were working with everybody, right? Three and a half years doing a sketch every week, new some something new every time, different look, different vibe, and we had an idea around your fire truck. <laughs> That we wanted to, because this was years after, like, that car show. That
2: Whatever happened to that fire truck? I just parked it and left it somewhere. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had the craziest idea, and my people <laughs> got the fire truck away from me. I remember, um, <laughs> oh, man. This is a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen, right. whoever's listening. Right. Don't hold me to it. It's just, <laughs> you know, I was like, Young One album was coming out. And I was just like, man, like, how can like I do something different to get people to pay attention to the to the album, to this album? I wrapped the fire truck with his face on it, (laughs) right? And I was gonna drive the fire truck. Not me personally. I was gonna have the fire truck drive on the West Side Highway and block it off. Oh my god! And the driver would just leave. Right, so I'm picturing the helicopters, everybody, this fire truck with young one and his date, the whole thing, they gotta get a crane, the traffic is crazy, like turn the whole city into a frenzy. Oh my god. And everybody was like, You will go to jail <laughs> And I was like, How long though? <laughs> um, I got outvoted on that one. So they they kinda like secretly like took the fire truck from me because that's amazing. My intentions were crazy.
1: That's so good. <laughs> How did you get the fire truck? I just bought it. it was just like, <laughs> but where is there like a marketplace for fire trucks? I was
2: on I was uh not online at that time. It was like in the paper where they had these vintage uh, cars oh and God. vehicles, and it was a fire truck for sale, like fifteen thousand. That's a deal. And I went to see it, and it was fresh. I was like, "Damn!" I'm gonna put the music on here. Boom. And I remember driving it through <laughs> Harlem. I never drove a fire truck in my life. I don't have a truck license. I'm swiping the corners. People are looking like, is that Swiss? I'm like, like <laughs> yo, the hood told me they seen you in a fire truck today. I was like, yeah, I might need to get another fire truck. Come oh through my- with a fire truck on them. The fire truck story is serious.
0: That's amazing.
2: I need to see. I need to see if you can find some. Pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I need to buy a truck. Picture. I need the the picture with the Warhol Basquiat in the yes. house. I Got a laundry know. list of things for you to do. Yeah, um, no, clear your Sunday out. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. What are your favorite Swiss beats ad-libs?
2: All of them, because <laughs> they all they all have different. Spaces to cover, like Showtime, mm-hmm. it's more like an intro, or when something's gonna start, God Damn It, it's more like oh, It's, so good. it's a, like a pass off, mm-hmm. you know, like when, when it gets quiet and God Damn It, and then the beat come back, you know, the, the hype's the hey, hey, that's more for like the middle of the tracks, and then the, the low tone is just more to carry the zone. And So they all have different jobs that they mm. fulfill. You need to
0: bring back that Swiss Swiss beats. Yeah. Swiss
2: Swiss Beats. Yeah. Yes.
0: You're gonna you're gonna hit that summer Jam stage in a couple weeks. I'm not gonna hit that stage. You're gonna destroy Tear that stage? You levitate that stage. <laughs> Trust me. Why you bring that fire truck out on that stage?
2: Woo! If I could, I would <laughs> wet the whole crowd up. <laughs> I would love that. Yo, well Weezy! Yeah, yeah. I wanna buy another fire truck. <laughs>
0: I don't know if you understand how much these Westchester guys, like, you coming up here mm-hmm. and telling your story, just a guy from, you know, humble beginnings in the Bronx. And, and two
1: guys from down
0: bottom. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zone, zone, zone. <laughs> yeah, we, we really appreciate this, Swiss. Thank, thank you. You me. killed it tonight, and we can't wait to see what you do at Summer Jam, and, and thanks for
2: coming through. Thank you. I still got to figure everything out, before we're get too excited. <laughs> but be very prepared. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, for.
0: Thanks everyone for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's Therial, the Real, the three year anniversary episode of A Waste of Time with It's the Real. Jeff, if people want to find out more about us, if people want to find out more about this podcast, if people want to find out more about what's going on in the world, of It's the Real, where can they go? You can
1: always go to itsthereal.com, I T S T H E R E A L.com, no apostrophes, no spaces. You can always find our merch there, you can find our tour dates there, you can find our old clips there, you can find our old and new episodes of our podcast there, but also you can go to iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's the Real, or you can go to SoundCloud.com slash A Waste of Time if you're looking for our music which I imagine many of you are. A lot of people have been coming up to me and telling me how much they like Teddy Bear Fresh, our album that came out last year. One year ago. You can go to any streaming service and type in Teddy Bear Fresh or It's The Real. Our music will come up. Our song Sugar High
0: featuring Currency and smoke Dizza, which now has how many plays? A lot of plays. A lot of plays. Also, I want to take time to shout out Greg Mayo, our musical partner, our producer, our best friend, who has been rocking with us literally since day one. But... In terms of the music, he produces all of our shit and he's amazing. And if anybody wants extremely dope beats, but only the ones that we're not going to use on our next music project, hit Greg Mayo up at Greg Mayo Music.
1: Yes. Also, you can go find us on all social media platforms, including Twitter at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, and Instagram at It's The Real. We are also on Snapchat at It's It's The Real. We're on Reddit at It's It's The Real. We're on Twitch at It's The Real. It's The
0: Real, but we haven't used it yet. Jeff, what I'm most excited about has been building up this audience of people who choose to tune in every week and listen to our guests, whether it's an OG or somebody you've never heard of, and that you take that episode and you tell a friend family fan follower whoever about it we love when you guys spread the word we love that it's organic and natural and growing every week and every year, three years in, and we know there's something about these shout-outs that you guys love, so we want to take the time to shout you guys out. Jeff, who do you want to shout today?
1: I want to run down, with your help, all of the Instagram comments from our three-year post. Alright. Shout-out to Realest-ish Ever. Shout-out
0: to Fern Beasy.
1: 100% Snack.
0: Our guy John Sparks, who masters all of our stuff.
1: El Stompo 80, who we met out in LA.
0: Yeah. Shout-out to Angsy, A-N-T-I-A-N xy young rag 718 shout out to jag shout out to mr
1: underscore unloved ones
0: shout out to you gotta love cam
1: shout out to chris underscore colors shout
0: out to i am broadway blake
1: the real trillionaires oh, who is Bun verified? B. Bun B. <laughs> oh my god! How did you get that verified check? What would he say? He said, "Proud to have been a part from skits to songs to podcasts. Saw the potential early on. Man,
0: he is the best. Shout out to I am Broadway Blake one more time.
1: Shout out to Jenna Luckman who is also
0: on the podcast. Yes. Shout out to I Dwayne Reed. Oh Nidzi. Shout out to no, Deshume Jason Bassett. Shout out to Don't Hate Be Hated an original listener.
1: Yeah. He said he's been there from the start. You're welcome. Shout out to his info Murder Minya Who said congratulations guys Three years and many more
0: Minya has definitely been there Since day one Shout out to Bam Beats Who we met at The Bodega Bam show At SOB's uh, A month ago Yeah Fish Gates Shout out to Norris David Cho who yeah. had a great episode of our podcast he did shout out to Johnny Guapo Johnny
1: Handsome shout out to D underscore Andrew 515 from Des Moines
0: shout out to NCTRNM
1: Archie Bonkers who we've known since the Charles Hamilton days
0: J7 Official Outrageous413 Nika MYDNA
1: uh, King Bash Day, who we met out in LA. Yes. And said that she's wearing her LAT right now. That's
0: what's up. Go to com slash shop and get one of your own. Shout out to Lucas Tristeo.
1: Nur Ozdemar. Yes.
0: Shout out to DJ Bill Cool.
1: Shout out to Raj Kotecha who brought us out to London.
0: Shout out to our girl Diana Pulp My Fiction.
1: Zach Martinez NV. Shout out to Kareem Johnson, who is a legend. A legend in the music video game, BMO95.
0: Shout out to J Omega from the Officially Street Podcast. And
1: I don't know if Sayer commented, but shout out to him as well. Shout out to Yo Mama's House. Shout out to Insta J Wave. Egyptian Mama,
0: who is our good friend, Amir's sister. Yes, and shout out to Oz Cohen, the legend over there at 300. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this thanks so much for spreading the word telling your friends going on instagram and and taking part in the celebration that is the three-year anniversary of a of time with it's the real anything else i want to thank everybody for just for getting through this long outro <laughs> as always guys not for real for real sure sure see you guys next week